So I watched the Vox video where they talk about how like Americans, they're used to Hershey's, right? And right. Hershey's is made with like a different type of condensed milk than like the one yeah, from Britain. Yeah, they're not, it's not, it's way different than dairy milk. British people that eat American chocolate, they say that like it tastes like, like vomit. Yeah, they hate it. But then you can find their chocolate that's just like, this is incredible. But like there's like a specific chemical in the American processed chocolate that like is the same chemical that you'd find in like vomit. I'm sure <laughs> it's like stable. Yeah, it's not that. Yeah, I'm and sure so that's why they like are like, oh, this tastes like sick. Huh. That's what they call to it. To be fair to vomit. I feel, I feel like to vomit. To vomit. <laughs> I feel like vomit's probably comprised of lots of things. I don't need to be fair to vomit. In, I mean, lots of things in food are probably in vomit. That's what? like whatever yeah. vomit's comprised of. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was about to, to say like, what's vomit ever done for you that makes you feel like you have to be fair to it? But actually, like a lot. Okay, That's let's a hop fair out of this. <laughs> I have a fun activity. It's completely unrelated. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just think that we're gonna. I don't want to get near the vomit conversation. I've I brought it there. So, <laughs> all right, let's all close our eyes. We're all gonna close our eyes. Okay, you're 10 years old. Put yourself in in the body of your 10 year old self. It's Christmas morning. You're 10 years old. You know that your parents just bought you something that's like re like the, at the top of your list, like really to sign on one particular thing that you as a ten year old would have lost your mind over. Uh, what is that thing? Fake vomit. <laughs> <laughs> vomit. Oh, that's really funny. Okay. <laughs> hey, Noah, do you know what time it is? What time is it, Steven? It's time to talk about death and taxes. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Guys, welcome to Let's Talk About Death and Taxes, the show where we talk about the two things that Ben Franklin said were inevitable in life, death and taxes. Everybody's going to deal with them sometime. If you haven't dealt with them yet, you're going to probably deal with them soon. I'm sorry. They both kind of suck. Uh, hopefully, just taxes soon. Yes. Yeah, so hopefully, the IRS. Well, not the, your personal death, yeah. but like the death of the people around you. <laughs> Everyone you love and care about will die. Yeah, it's awful, but... Uh, if you heard it here first, I'm sorry to break the news. Oh, yeah, I hate to break it to you. And also Santa. <laughs> exactly. Oh, whoa. man. <laughs> whoa, Don't ruin whoa, Santa whoa. Let's not. He lives in our hearts. Oscar, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope no children listen to this. Could you imagine like a I said nothing with... about Santa's veracity. I just said I want to meet the one eight-year-old who's obsessed with this show and just like waiting. Like when are they going to make the next episode? Like, By Santa, like... I mean Santa's inevitable and will come this year. Eight-year-old issues. <laughs> Much like death and taxes, Santa's inevitable. Um Cool. Yeah, on this show, uh, these two guys who are lawyers, state planning attorneys in Atlanta, Georgia, explain things to me. My name is Noah Chrysler. I'm Steven Schreiber. And I'm James Champlin. Um, cool. You guys want to talk about some of your credentials a little bit, just to frame it up, why people should listen to you? I'm good. I okay. wanted into, I, I, I'm just here for the coffee. <laughs> um, but no, I'm an, uh, I'm an estate planning attorney. I've been practicing for about nine, ten years. Um but we've been I help people get their lives organized or shit together and um, also when they lose family members to kind of help people get all that stuff in order as well uh, I'm a Gemini I um, like long walks on the beach sunsets um, you, and feel free to Venmo me anything you'd like. I'll send you my... No, 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 no. What? No, no. You're going to Venmo me. I, I think Steven's getting caffeine toxicity. <laughs> I love it. Um, cool. Probably. Just coffee four. 
Um, we answer estate planning questions on the show as, as well as talk about different uh, things about the law and legal stuff. Um, if you'd like to have one of your questions answered on the show, give us an e- send, send us an email or post a comment. Um, that email is questions at let's, let's talk about tech, death and taxes.com. One word. One word. <laughs> a long one, but one. Um, cool. The best words. The best words. Words like let's. <laughs> all of a them are the best. Let's talk about all of them are gold star words. There's no apostrophe. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're all winners. To me. Here we go. Uh, our first question comes from avo.com. Is the executor responsible for any outstanding taxes if of the deceased? If this. <laughs> our first question from. Our first question comes from avo.com. Is the executor responsible for any outstanding taxes of the deceased if the estate has no funds? So they're responsible – so the executor in just about every state to the fiduciary in charge of the estate with the will. Um, so if there are estate assets, they're, they have to pay the taxes with them. Well – there's an there's a order of creditors. So, honestly, even if there is money, but not, once you pay for, like, final expenses and any legal expenses, there's no money for the taxes, they have to let the IRS know. So, they would typically just settle the IRS and let them know that there's no money left. And the IRS will usually just let it go because they typically don't pursue claims against dead people. Really? Oh, that's um, kind of nice. But on the flip side, though, they can file the deceased per- – they should file the deceased person's last tax return. So – if someone dies in like June, they still and they had income from January to June. That next April, they'd still want to file their final tax return, which may generate a refund, which could offset some of the tax liability. Or if in a situation where they've actually where the taxes were current, then they would just get the refund for the estate. Um, but they're responsible for dealing with the IRS. They don't have, they don't have to pay it from their own money. And under no circumstance ever should the executor use their own money to pay for something. Unless they're willing to just treat it like a gift, mm-hmm. right. um, but they aren't legally obligated to pay the other the state's bills. The only a caveat exception would be is if they co-signed on it already. If it, it was a pre-existing right. debt of their own, so right. if husband and wife had a mortgage, husband dies, wife's still on the hook for the mortgage, generally. But for the most part, if there's no other money, they don't need to dip into their own pockets. Same thing with like medical expenses. Yeah, right. Um, they often will ask for you to pay them. You don't have to. Unless you co-sign. Yeah, exactly. Why would you do that? That'd be very people. strange to co-sign. Yeah. Don't, don't, um, and don't co-sign the bills of terminally ill people. So so unless the debt is in your name, you don't have to – you're not reliable for it. Um, if the debt is in the person's name, it comes out of the estate though. Yeah, right? you, you pay from the estate until there's no money. Correct. So typically a certain class – so let's say you pay the final expenses and there's like $100 left and $200 of bills. You would typically do like a pro rata thing. Essentially everyone gets the same percentage of their bill paid. So let's, if there's five creditors that all have a collective like $200 or whatever it is, everyone will get the same 25 or 30 whatever that right. percent of their bill paid. So no no one creditor should benefit over the other creditors. Gotcha. So if they At owe, the same level. If there's not enough money yeah. in the estate to cover all the uh, like debt that the person has, then it gets distributed evenly amongst the creditors. Portion now. Yeah, yeah, it portion gotcha. now. So, yeah. Interesting. So mm-hmm. if like one person owes like 90% of the debt and one person owes 10% of the debt, they, gotcha. would, they would ration it out so that they each got the same percentage of yeah. their debt huh. paid. You know, it would be different amounts of money. Right. Now, a scenario where, where the executor may come into some kind of trouble would be if there's any kind of fraud in executing the estate. Yeah. Right? So if they 
unlawfully hid assets that were in the estate and then those got disposed of, then eventually that could expose you to some kind of liability yeah. for fiduciary but, violations. But for, yeah. but, but for the most part, generally speaking, if you're not doing anything shady, um, then no, you're not going to have to and pay Also, taxes. just entertain your legal advice. But, but also just generally, a lot of people will have things like accounts that automatically transfer to someone else out of probate, even though the person happens to be the executor, that asset's not part of the estate and that doesn't have to be used to pay estate debts. So, um, but if upon death it transfers out of that person's name, like a jointly held bank account or life insurance policy or stuff like that, those are not part of the estate and shouldn't be used to pay the estate's debts unless the beneficiary executor consciously decides to make a gift to the estate or decides I don't know. Yeah. Some people rather would pay the debt than they get calls about it or they get letters about it. If it's yeah. like a, it's like an eighty four dollar Macy's bill, um, or something like that, or whatever it is. If it's mm -hmm. worth, if you'd rather just pay the eighty dollars and open up more mail for Macy's. Um, that might be worth it to you. Um, <laughs> just to there's, pay. yeah, actually, there's, there's got, a, it's less of a depending legal on the amount. There might convenience. Yeah, it's one of those. Is it worth this to me? Is is my time? And, and mental health worth worth this yeah. Yeah, to just go ahead and pay, pay that small people. bill. But yeah. that's kind of why people try to shift things and do trusts so that when it comes time to actually probate their estate, their estate is as small as possible. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's all in one place. Like you know yeah. where the account is and where all the assets right. are. You know where it all is. Gotcha. Um, cool. I uh, wanted to talk about this movie that is on Netflix. I didn't have you guys watch it this time. I thought instead we could kind of get the gist of it just by watching the trailer, and I also didn't want to have to pay James $5 for watching well, a film I mean, again. Look, you don't have to pay me $5 unless you make me watch bad movies. <laughs> this movie is great, and Tristan you should watch it. is... <laughs> God, sorry. I just or not even bad. I won't say bad. I'll just say, like, really depressing. <laughs> it was really depressing, really but, like, it, really don't you think upsetting. it was important for you to watch that film? Okay, the problem with I that... Didn't, I don't feel like I learned anything I didn't know already. The problem was... There was the, it wasn't the Like, data. it really hammered it home. Right. It hammered it home, but also that storyline with the questionable acting threw it off for me. They could have made it, like, a tight 60. It could have called, like, about half an hour of fluff off of it with <laughs> questionable acting. Uh-oh. Oops, sorry. Um... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, yeah, no, the, the acting that was bad. Hold on, let me frame this up again. And, just and so that, that girl the, was insufferable. I would have definitely destroyed herself when if she beat anything in my house with a hammer. I would have destroyed oh, her yeah. phone. Yeah. <laughs> a, I will a, not be treated like that in my own home. No. All right. Um, anyway. Cool. So I wanted to talk about this movie. It's a Netflix film that um, it actually premiered a while ago on, uh, I think it was on Channel 4 in Britain, but then they repackaged it for Americans on Netflix. Um, and it, it deals a lot with, like, death and also, like, uh, I don't know, like, human manipulation and, like, uh, these types of things. Let me show it to you quick. And I, and I just thought there was a, some parallels between this and, like, our uh, field of practice, which is estate planning. So, cool. Oscar patching parts of this. Try not to use the whole thing, but, like, you Until know. I don't have to pay money. I don't exactly. want to pay money. Well, it's just going to get copyright flagged, and I don't want to <laughs> deal with that. Um, cool. See this. Take him by the knees. Seventy actors were 
idea he's being filmed. Come on, guys, what are we going to do? He's a millionaire, he's got to make sure you go to jail. This show is about how readily we hand over authorship of our lives every day. Just give me one big bash. Can social compliance be used to make someone push a living, breathing human being to their death? That has to be one of the most unethical things I have ever seen in my life. That is insane. <laughs> oh, that is so upsetting. That yeah? is the worst. That that's guy's, like how we made Nazis. That's, that's awful. <laughs> it that, is awful. That's terrible. Yeah. I'm like upset that Netflix gave that a platform. Really? Yes. I thought it was really it's cool. I, that is so like. That's think about the guy. Exists in the social th- psych so paper. yeah, we all get this fun little video to watch and be like, "Wow, the human psyche is so interesting." That, that poor motherfucker has to live the rest of his life knowing. I mean, I haven't watched it. And would, I'm not going to watch kill it. Somebody. Knowing that he did that. Yeah. Like, that guy's life is ruined. I don't know if it's ruined. I think that. I mean, he, the, did he? Did he? Did he kill the guy? So so yeah. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen the movie, um, but yeah, yeah like at the end, I believe I believe he, he has to live so the rest run, of his life with they, the guilt that he killed someone, even or he, though he, or he didn't. could have. They actually run the experiment like ten times. Um, and like they run the scenario ten times. They run ten people through this thing. Yeah. Does everyone do it? Uh, uh, no. About, I think like forty to sixty percent of them, somewhere in there. I don't know. That is so unethical. Yeah. That is so unethical. I, I, would, I hate it. I hate it. I don't like this. I hate it. Do, it, do we not want to talk about this on the show? Or like, real Are you uncomfortable talking about this? It doesn't have been a I real situation. Okay. Everyone else, everyone should have gone to jail. Really? Yes. The people involved should have gone to jail in this show. No, if it had been a real murder. Gotcha. They, they should have gone to jail for something else. There probably... There are, no, there's nothing criminal. There's nothing criminal, but I mean, there, there, only if there had been a crime. But honestly, everyone—if they had been a crime—it would have been a giant conspiracy. Just because it's not a crime doesn't make it okay. Oh no, it's terribly unethical. Like, I try to think That's of examples horrible. that are things that are bad. That's that horrible. Are, but I've never seen anything quite like 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 doing like a Stanford prison experiment was terrible and technically or not the, illegal. Uh, was it the Milgram experiment where they did the electric shock? Oh yeah, Milgram, Tuskegee, things like Tuskegee, they weren't illegal, right. but they were terrible. Yeah. This is in that realm of but it is fascinating kind of in the realm of like and disturbingly things I got from college and actual genocides and whatnot. Like how I easily hope they get, I mean, I'm sure they had them sign like super intense waivers. Oh, I'm sure. Right. But I still hope they get sued. But and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure everyone actor that got those ten people who did it, I don't know if that kind of liability was if I don't if know, can you waive can you waive that? I don't know if you can waive things that you know you're gonna intentionally yeah. do. Yeah, like if, if you have someone sign a waiver that's misleading and you know that you're going to try to get them to commit something that will cause them long-term damage. He must be affected. He has to be affected. I mean, if he, if he didn't kill someone, I, it would bother me at night to know I personally could have killed somebody. Yeah. Yeah, and that, like, and that I could be manipulated to do that. No. No. To tell you guys the if truth, I did not expect you guys to have such a strong reaction <laughs> oh, no. to this. <laughs> I had a bunch like of questions a, about like, in situations like, like in real life, like in Rwanda and something yeah. like that. Like it took a, they could t- you could take a society that does have regular political fractions mm-hmm. and then convince your population to kill the other half of your population surprisingly fast. Yeah, I think it's yeah. partly jarring because you it it is very much based in reality that we can convince people to do things Crazy that they things. didn't want to do. And yeah. Yeah. So let me let me go through my questions and if you feel uncomfortable or you want to talk about different things, that's totally cool too. Um 
uh, here we go. This film in- illustrated for me that human beings are very social animals, and we often outsource what we choose. How do we? How we choose to live and act um, to the people around us. Under the right circumstances, good people can drive us to do evil things. Um, first oh, question. I'll, I'll, I'll say evil people can drive us to do evil things. Yeah. But yeah. yes. Or good, good people can be driven. To <laughs> that, do that's oh, what that I said. Sorry. Yeah. That's right. Good people can be driven to do evil oh, things. Sorry, That's what yeah. I tried to say. Yeah. Did I not oh, say that? I okay. might have misheard it. No, you said you said good people can drive us to do evil things. Oh, gotcha. That's oh. not what I meant. <laughs> I mean, that could also evil. be true, but yeah, <laughs> it's less likely. <laughs> but but to be clear, the people involved in this film are not good people. <laughs> I, don't, I think I think they're they're terrible. Honestly, yeah, that is kind of. I never really like they framed said, it up people, from that a bunch perspective. Of people of like, sat down in a room and they said and we could like, make a bunch uh-huh. of money if we potentially tried to ruin this person's life. Yeah, and yeah, because that's the thing is like if this really was just a scientific experiment, they would. Make a fucking movie about it and yeah. pitch it to Netflix. Right, it, it that's would, not what it would be. It would have been a scientific. Experiment. They sold it to Netflix after they sold it to so the BBC. So many more controls yeah. on it after. I, I think what it kind yeah. of. I think it's just you know we've we've spent so much time like there's so like I don't know I I always want to draw stuff like this back to social media and reality TV. I think they've destroyed everything. So like you've got so many like YouTube channels where their whole thing is like oh we're pranking people and they just like escalate and escalate and escalate and what we do is we we just I feel like we dehumanize the person yeah. that is being done to, and it's just fucked up. And this is kind of like the culmination of it. Like, we're going to take this guy, we're going to break him psychologically, and we're going to make him think he murdered someone. And we done in like a tight hour, maybe? And we're going to make sure he signed a waiver so that we can't be held responsible for this horrible How shit we did. How long an episode? About an hour or so? Uh, and it's just one movie, um, and yeah. It's, oh, one I, movie. Think, I think it's 90 minutes long, yeah. But they had them there all night. And it's great storytelling, too. And it's made really okay. well. It's I, awful I was, I was and dark. But like, I ironically had the position, not ironically, I had the position that lives are, we should try not to ruin people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that guy's life has to be ruined. Like, he can he can probably come out, like, they probably paid him to, like, be involved. And be like, oh, everything's fine. Like, I'm here on the press junket for this movie. But, like, there's no way yeah. that guy is okay. Life better. And if anyone who I've ever estate planned for had their lives become worse through estate planning, let me know. <laughs> I will address that with you personally yeah. <laughs> so so i think maybe a more interesting question i feel yeah. bad because when i wrote this and when i watched this, oh no this is it, maybe it's because i watched this such a long time ago that like my yeah. emotional reaction wore off after a couple of months or Could years um also maybe i'm just maybe a bad a person well it's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> fresh for us right yeah, right. yeah. yeah. um so my jaw was like hanging the entire time it was yeah. like happening. I was like, "Oh, maybe a more interesting question is if this guy who participated in this experiment, even after he had signed all these things and stuff, would you?" And he was like, "I want to sue these people. Like, would you I, take that case?" I wouldn't, but I would. Rec- I mean, I, because I don't do those kind of cases, but I would highly recommend you talk with a bunch of attorneys. You yeah, would. I would absolutely <laughs> prefer him to an attorney for sure. Yeah. Because yeah, again, that's not my area of law. Um, I, I would. Call- I would want to look at the copy yeah. of it. And and the end of the day too, um, even if there was a waiver, you know, there's something to, to be said for well, one, can you actually waive that kind of uh, assault? A risk that's known to yeah. the person who commits it, but not right. to the other person. Like, are you entering into the waiver on common footing? Right. Um, but so one, I don't know if you're able to waive that away. But two, I'm at the very minimum, I'm going to want to file a very loud, very vocal, very like 
everybody look at how fucked up this is yeah. and look at the consequences of this movie on this person. Like, I'm going to just make it as loud as possible. Yeah. Because a typical liability um, waiver, it's like if you go indoor yeah. rock climbing, they, they you know right. there's a danger in a rock climbing. The rock right. climbing place right. makes, makes actual efforts but to this make guy, this guy at the beginning, well, no idea. people are making efforts to make and, it more dangerous. And the thing is, yeah. too, you know, and that way, even if, because, like, one, I want, you know, if I'm this guy's yeah. attorney, I want people to know how messed up this was because I want to. Well, this is maybe just want, me because I don't like it. I want to ruin it. I want them to but, when they make it but, next season that maybe But not. I want I want money from my client because he has to do all this stuff for the rest of his life. He has to deal with that. Yeah, he's got to, there's, so, he's got to you know, unpack that. I'm, I'm going to attack the waiver, but I'm also going to make it very noisy and just hope for a settlement. I want them to not make another yeah. run of that. Like Whenever someone thinks about doing something terrible like that, to be like, I yeah. don't want to get sued. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's ooh. that's true. Kind of set a precedent of like, yeah. hey, we tried this messed up experiment and, on this dude. And and also, they I'm, lost a bunch of money. I'm terrified yeah. that TV will get so extreme one day that we'll actually kill people and watch. We're going to wind like up with Hunger a running games. man. What's oh, a yeah. running man? I know the that's the, the running man is the show. It's a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Oh, so it's like a dystopian future. It's like authoritarian. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is um, put on this game show. Where he's launched into this like massive, it's essentially an obstacle course made of like a bombed out city, and he has to get to a certain point while a bunch of other people are trying to kill him. That and sounds people, amazing. Like, bet on it. So it's like the Hunger Games, it, but like it's like I, that one you guys have never Mirror. wait. You really never heard Black of Mirror. Mirror. I've never heard of that. I, I would it's love like to watch a that. famous like 80s movie I'm check 80s. that out I, yeah it it's, it's famous it was a great movie I don't like movies I try to avoid movies where I an, know it's violence not an, it's not an Oscar winner but it's a, it's an entertaining movie I, I avoid violence generally unless it's like so comically over the top that I, I know not. it's not real I, um, I do not go ahead last question uh, one of the themes of this film is how humans change when they experience a loss of control. Um, this also happens towards the end of people's lives when they might become sick or potentially hospitalized. Yep. Um, how can estate planning help someone make? Um, how can estate planning help make someone feel more in control of the end okay. of their life? This is where I have. Well, I okay, this is where I can answer. Why don't I? Why don't I, why don't I say this terrain. to start? Right. In yeah. no way, shape, or form do I want our business associated <laughs> with that. Garbage. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna, but, I'm gonna put some space between that movie but and our independent business. of that garbage yeah. and the bad people who did it. Yeah, let's talk about some uh, benefits of estate planning. <laughs> okay, and how it can make you feel better. We'll start with the premise that not making decisions is okay. So if you don't make decisions in your life, other people will make them for you. Um, and that includes getting sick, dying, whatever. Whenever you don't affirmatively state what you want, other people will do what serves them. Coincidentally, there's always lots of times when people fight over estates. It's like, coincidentally, they both believe the decedent would have wanted them to have everything. So um, what estate planning is particularly valuable for is getting to make decisions about your life, kind of going on the record. Um, in a very adult way and be like, I'm going to die one day. Hopefully it's not soon, but probably later, eventually this will happen and I'm going to decide what will happen with my legacy right now and who I want to take, who I want to be in charge of my money, my this, my that, what I, what mark I want to leave on the world. Do I want to have a classroom at my old college named after me? Do I want all these other things? And you can put together an active, you can actively design your plan to control your life. If you choose not to control your life, that is a choice you are making. And when you don't choose to make an estate plan, you are choosing to punt control of all your final decisions to somebody else 
whether it's a state legislator, your wife, your children, your siblings, somebody will eventually come in and make a decision for you. Mm -hmm. And I hope you like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and I that's that's like part of I mean, you explained that to me when I like first interviewed actually. My first interview, you were like, uh, hey, you know, like the process of estate planning significantly improves people's lives. It gives them control of the end of their lives, which is like really good. And like I genuinely believe it makes people better people. Um and I read uh have you guys ever read like the seven habits of highly effective Effective people by Stephen yes. Covey. I have not. It's a great oh, book. It's great. Good book. I haven't read it in a while. And I've, I think yeah. habit number two or something is like begin with the end in mind. And he he uh, he talks. He starts the chapter with like, hey, like imagine conceptualize your funeral, right? Like who will be there and what will they say and like how that, that is a valid way to go about it. Yeah, and. I uh, I don't know. That's that's partially part of the reason why I, I want to work here. I don't want my really funeral badly. to have – me personally, I don't want my funeral to have a hot my, – my family or my husband, if I have kids, to be in a hot sweat because they can't pay the mortgage. Yeah. I don't want them to uh, – what feelings do you want to be going to people's head at your funeral? I want them to be like, Stephen, he was very loud but pretty funny. He did some good work for some people and he made my life better but not – yeah, about yeah that. I want people at my funeral like think about it. And it's like, yeah, net positive. Yeah, net positive, exactly. <laughs> I'll give it a solid seven that's out what of I'm ten. Going for. Like, I don't, I don't need to be like people thinking, oh, he's a saint. I, I want at least net positive. And I want Barack Obama to be there. <laughs> He's very, exactly. very I old. I want enough money. Yeah. For, what's his per diem? I got yeah. <laughs> the budget. Yeah, that could I, be, I'm not above that, that could be included in my final me. expenses. Yeah. yeah. Pay, was like, I'll come for, for 50 Obama. grand. He I want that 50 grand to be there. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to do anything. He just needs just gotta to be, be there in with the crowd. And not say any words. I yeah. don't want him to say anything. I want everyone to be there. Was that Barack Obama? I want everyone to be there. Wait, why? Holy shit. That's a stand-up bit. That is a stand-up bit from somebody that I do not and remember. Honestly, if it's not Barack Obama, at least someone who looks similar to know. Barack Obama. I haven't heard it. You haven't heard that bit? Have you heard that <laughs> no. bit? There's a bit out there that's like, I want Oprah Winfrey to show up at my funeral. I will pay the most amount of money. Yeah. But like, she doesn't say a word, and then she just walks off, and everybody's like, oh my god, he knew Oprah? Oh, that's that's, really funny. That is funny. <laughs> I, I'm willing to show for somebody who looks vaguely like Barack Obama, <laughs> so it's even more in doubt. Like, if, if, I, if you're in a real-time crunch, does hire uh -huh. a tall, lanky dude who <laughs> Or what about Barack hiring, um, like, <laughs> one of of Saddam Hussein's former body doubles. <laughs> like, how did he know that? How did he know Saddam like, Hussein? Oh One, <laughs> I thought he was dead. Yeah. Two, Two why is he here? Steven. I'm going yeah. like, to give him Oh, this is really affecting my net positive assessment. I'll give him like a list of like 10 celebrities that he can pick from <laughs> that he can invite to my funeral. Like, preferably, it'll be like two different lists, like a list of people who, who I know are alive when I sign it, and then 10 people who are recently dead that <laughs> they may or may not be alive. But it's like, I wonder if he can get Herman Cain to show up. But I don't know if people will recognize him. Like, he still tweets. <laughs> so he might show up at my funeral. Hmm. Any number of things, but that's a good that's a good option. I need to go back and write this down. <laughs> like, I love it. My funeral will have a celebrity in it, but people will also be like, he was a solid individual who took care of me. I think, and I all, think. And preferably, they'll be like $20 stuffed in all the programs so that nice, people knew so that. Nice, really like, like you. It's like, that's yeah, a great idea. Treat yourself, to, treat yourself to lunch. In my funeral, I have an open treat bar. Treat yourself to lunch. <laughs> there'll be an open bar at my funeral. I'm going to be I more bet, like a. I bet that's exactly <laughs> what Stephen Covey meant when he wrote that in his book. <laughs> Treat your yeah. <laughs> treat your people. Yeah. Um, K 
Ken, the executive. I want people to feel bad about missing my funeral. <laughs> Anybody miss my funeral? They'd be like, Oprah was there. Everyone got money. <laughs> there was like a there was an open bar. It was crazy. It was Instagram friendly. Hopefully, COVID will be over. Yeah, there was I a would, photo booth. I would <laughs> probably hire a professional pickpocket to go through the crowd. <laughs> And um and, and lift and, all those no and oh, insert twenty bucks into everybody's oh, coat pocket oh. and then not say anything and that way they all like yeah I went to this funeral and like and it was cool and then like I found twenty bucks in my coat pocket yeah, yeah. it was a great <gasps> day yeah, dude maybe I'll clip That's a fun. note yeah. to that being like. Thanks, Stephen. Or, like or it's like, thanks for being my fr- thanks no, for I showing up. I don't even oh. want to draw it back to me. I just want to leave like good vibes. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's my like. I want to be vibes. weirded out that a dead person left them something in their coat. That's, that's <laughs> like, also really like, funny. Yeah, that's also just like yeah. hidden notes for everybody that a pickpocket <laughs> yeah. like slips into their or pocket. And then like maybe like at their house, someone breaks into their house and like leaves an object. And there. maybe like a few select members in the crowd, he would also like slip in one of my baby teeth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we've gone that's sufficiently so off the rails. Here we go. Well, maybe they have a picture of me in their homes. Like someone breaks their homes and puts a giant painted <laughs> picture of me in a bunch of people's houses. And be like, why is there a giant oil painting of Steven? I, I keep trying to get. And why I, is he nude? Like what? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I keep trying to get weirder to kill this so you can ask your question, and it's just not working. Topping it's all right. I think we've hit maximum weird. Here okay. we go. I have a lot of things to think about, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'll help you write. Also, if anyone wants to, this is going to be the beginning of a clip. This is going to be the beginning of a clip, so we have to make it look like oh, it's normal. I will help you put this in your plan. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Can the executor evict? other family members out of the house my sister moved into my mom's house um but was supposed to be my wife and my brother out to take Whew. i'm sorry i'm like okay it's because of a question hold on, hold on here we go yeah. can the executor evict other family members out of the house my sister moved into into my mom's house but was supposed to buy me and my brother out um, to take full ownership of the house. She has been stalling for over a year. I feel it will have to be solid, sold uh, and divided between the siblings. What should I do? Um, well, first... Get I, a lawyer. Yeah, get a lawyer. Get um, a lawyer, yeah. But, is it, but is it general what the law would probably look at it is to say who the will left the house to. Mm-hmm. And typically, once the will's been in the probate, the executor has a duty to transfer the house into those names. Um, mm mm-hmm. And even if they don't, there's still judicial. You can go to the, the court can give you relief for that. The court can order a sale right. of the house and have the proceeds be divided, or the court can the court can order lots of things to fix that problem. Right, there are ways to do that. So you know, if if the will was left to the three of them to share it, then you know the court can force a sale and then, like you said, yeah. partition it out. Um, or if it was in a probate proceeding, same thing. Court can still order that. Um, but but that that does get a little complicated. You want to make sure you do it the right way. So yes. that is and that for sure an attorney situation. And a lot of times you can actually pay the costs of your attorney out of the sale proceeds. Cool. Or if the executor is wrongfully doing it from the executor's pocket. Correct. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> so if it was in the will, uh, then then you're entitled to it. Make sure you go get a lawyer. Um, and and deal deal with it through the lawyer because it's a complicated it is complicated yeah, it is complicated i would bore you by explaining the process it's, it's complicated <laughs> it is a lot of steps and it can take a long time so get someone who knows what they're doing so you don't have to restart yes sweet borrow lawyer's brain yeah. sweet very or short, short whatever concise. it is <laughs> yeah. informative yeah good stuff yep um 
Now we're talking about something fun again. I mean, less fun, more depressing. Baby teeth? <laughs> no, that's so creepy. <laughs> I would have to get some made. You have to like get like a dye. You have your baby teeth? I can get teeth. <laughs> I can get <laughs> Just teeth. Just find kids and be like, no, 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 no. Don't tooth, worry. Be a tooth fairy. There's no kids involved. I can get teeth. All right. <laughs> James has got a tooth guy. You yeah. don't have a tooth guy, Steve? Come on. I need to borrow your tooth guy. On, on one of my favorite podcasts, my brother, my brother, and me, they look up like the cost of baby teeth and like on you eBay? can, yeah, you can buy baby teeth on eBay for surprisingly okay, affordable. Okay, if I had a kid and they had, I was a tooth friend, had to pay my kid like a dollar for that teeth. If I can make that dollar back on the back end every oh, day yeah. of the week, I don't yeah. care what creepy person's. I think a set, I think dollar. a set of teeth goes for like fifty bucks. <laughs> oh my that's god, that's a, that's a profit center. I can just imagine waiting eagerly for each kid's tooth to fall out. Why do you think dentists do so well? That, That's true. That tooth is loose. Oh, let, let me get my pliers. Yeah. Let's get this thing. Yeah. I need to buy myself something. Um, cool. Okay. What a monster parent. Here we go. I We put this in here. Sometimes we talk about politics. I thought this would be like an interesting political issue uh, that we could potentially speak about. And there's also a fun little YouTube video that is not scary at all. We tried to rob a delivery robot. <laughs> Poor delivery robot. Oh, what city this is? Northern California. <laughs> Probably Silicon Valley. San Francisco. How fun is that? That's pretty cool. So we can basically see um, later in the video. Like I keep thinking about if this was that Philadelphia, that hitchhiking robot that oh, got that destroyed. Just got this, yeah, it was made it all <laughs> like, the way across like, Europe like three times, yeah. and then it please, made it yeah. a day in America. Please, um, I was like, please let that DoorDash thing be in Philadelphia. <laughs> that was my, was like, later in the video, uh, the robot makes its way past uh, another DoorDash delivery woman and she is like jokingly she's like I hate you and like blah 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 right because like it's gonna eventually like yeah. replace her job and so that's kind of what I wanted hopefully to hopefully like, we can get her a better job to, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, so anyway, I wanted to talk about like automation. Well, she really likes, at least she's passionate about DoorDash then. No, there's nothing wrong with DoorDash. Oh, no, no. But like it, it, it depreciates your asset and you're like a con. It's a bad. Yeah. It's it like your car and stuff. And like your insurance goes up. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Like Uber yeah. and that stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, Cool. So so anyway, yeah, um, DoorDash is now manufacturing robots that can, you know, basically replace their drivers and, and uh, their drivers and their delivery people, which is um, like I see that and I think that that's terrifying. Some people look at that and they're like, oh, yeah, cool. But like, I mean, I don't think it's totally terrifying. I think it's like inevitable. I'm not, I'm not terrified by that. It's like how machines replaced a lot of coal mining. Coal mining was a terrible job. Okay. So we should, yeah. that, some things we, so I think in some ways a door beat, having to do that delivery stuff is a terrible economic position. Sure. We should hopefully have space yeah. and economy for better jobs. Sure. Um, so let me read my little summary here. Automation is progressing at a rate that liberal. is... <laughs> yeah. Automation is progressing at a rate that is likely to put millions of Americans out of work in the coming years. Most estimates say over 30 million people are at risk of losing their jobs in the coming years. Uh, this is going to be the largest disruption in labor in the labor market uh, that the world has ever seen. Um, 
so so I mean that's an interesting stance. So so Good. my response my response to that is that like so people always say like okay like uh, jukebox technicians right that that was like the biggest like I listened to a podcast a while that's ago. That's why a growth job for like a minute. Well, they said that you know hey yeah. this was a big like portion of society that just became mm-hmm. like irrelevant overnight and it was great because they were able to like you know use those skills and transfer them to another industry and like mm-hmm. they were fine eventually. Potential yeah. The problem here is that number one, jukebox technicians were a very small subset of the society, um, and now we're going to deal with like delivery jobs going away, warehouse jobs going away, truck driving jobs. Elon Musk has invented a truck mm-hmm. that is electric and is magic, and you say go, and it'll go. <laughs> right. And so there's like 15 million, I think, truck drivers or something crazy in, yeah. in the United States. So. I- I think eventually automation is just going to break capitalism. I honestly, this is one of the few times where I think I actually disagree. Really? And I'm a bleeding heart person. So historically, the time of biggest historical innovation, back, back when we go back to the, all the way to the Industrial Revolution, mm-hmm. which was probably about as displacing as this will be, like as far as we went from societies where most people were agrarian farmers and then they had to leave the land to go to cities and there was giant upheaval. But in periods of giant upheaval, we were able to create jobs that didn't exist before. I think, okay, if automation could be a disaster if it's not handled correctly, but if it creates economic space and Americans can keep innovating and creating new jobs that didn't exist before, then it would be amazing. And if we don't, and we have a bunch of unemployed people, then it's a huge problem. Right. Then we might need universal income and stuff like that. But honestly, I think there's a really big opportunity to be had in this. If you have a lot of people who can do something else. We just need to get them something else to do. So what you're kind of saying would be like, even like the change from hunter-gatherer to farmer, right? That was also a big change. Like once you start farming, you all of a sudden have a food surplus. So not everybody has to work to feed themselves. Then you can do things like invent writing. You can have art, you can have writing. You can can do all this stuff. You can make tools. Science. So so your argument is going to be that this will just create Potentially space. more specialization. It will create, it will, it will create the space. The yeah. question is whether we can, whether American society is still capable of filling the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it'll. I think what it's going to have to, it'll have to reset where we are now, where someone's value is determined solely by like their job. We need to let that part go. That needs to go, right? The whole, well, you know, if you're not producing for society, then you're not. You don't deserve anything like that. I mean, that, that needs to labor, go all the way. In labor already, value, but, like people, like I yeah. worked hard. Is that's not right. what makes a person important? So, like at a certain point, a lot of these jobs that are like backbone jobs are going to be robots, and I think we're we're just going to have to deal with that as a society. And part of that might be things like universal basic income. Yeah, and, and human level, like that. And human level, it's always has a relief. Like yeah. farmers' bodies back before farming became automated in the 20th century it was backbreaking. yeah like you would your body would age to death you would yeah social security started at 65 because the body was worn out at 65 yeah i mean I, right. my parents are oh, 66 my dad's body is fine because he doesn't he doesn't have right. to work in a field he's in a, a factory field. Yeah. yeah i think i think you know there's nothing wrong with finding ways to do dangerous jobs 
um, more safely. Or it's, or it's, or it's grueling like, jobs. Yeah. Like a like a, a truck drop, like a tr- like an electronic truck. Like once the tech is good enough that it can really do it, mm-hmm. then it's way safer mm-hmm. than yeah. Than the trucks fallible, are twenty four hours a day without someone right without, dozing off without somebody like dozing off or or making you know human errors. Like that could be way safer. But we've got to more figure out how society's yeah. going to. Yeah. To deal with the fact that a lot of people like just aren't, we they don't need, have anything that they can yeah, do. Yeah, right. exactly. So we me, need to figure out. This needs to be a time where Americans need to figure out how to innovate a lot, and right. hopefully, this is a time where historically, if the U.S. immigrants came in, or we, we would steal talent from the rest of the world to make new things. <laughs> Oh my god, spit came out of my throat and but, um, into my hopefully, lungs. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm okay. good. good. I don't have COVID, I promise. Um, not that I know of. I got a test a week ago. Um, <laughs> would you... Uh, Andrew Yang, were you guys on the Yang gang train? I didn't look into it enough to be like, yeah, I'm on the Yang gang train. I voted but, for Warren, but, but um, I, 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 mean, I don't... I support UBI. I, yeah, I would also say that I support that. I, right. support, I support the fact that every human being... Has intrinsic value. Intrinsic value, which should be entitled as a rich, yeah. as one of the richest countries that's ever existed in the world. Everyone should have be entitled to minimal housing, education. Like these should be rights. Other countries literally put those rights in their constitutions. Yeah, but we, every American is entitled to dignity, and yeah. UBI is a mechanism to get there. And honestly, a lot of it should be deconstructing the welfare state so that it, we destigmatize parts of that. Right. Just give everyone money. Then we're all in this together. I yeah. think. Are. <laughs> I think I. I think this is probably one of but the UBI issues. But UBI is also going to be a space. Part of the reason I support UBI is because of the business. Starting a business becomes a lot harder, or innovating becomes a lot harder when you're worried about paying your rent or doing or going to college or right. doing lots of other things. Even if someone said you were entitled to ten years of UBI during your lifetime, you could pick any ten years you want. Between 18 and 65, Mm -hmm. you can get that period and do whatever cool thing you want. I think we get a lot more innovation and people will go to Mm -hmm. school or create something. I think think that – let me talk for a couple of seconds. Here we go. Go ahead. Uh, I think that like it's an interesting idea because it's like uh, it deals a lot with like what people conceive the role of government as, right? Some people, I mean, Republicans, obviously, you know, libertarians are like, you know, the government, the government that governs least governs best, right? Um, and like Somalias. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That was a joke. I mean, that, no, that's honestly that's a that's a good point, right? Yeah. It could right. degrade into into terror anarchy. in anarchy. <laughs> yeah. um, but then you know, like I think you know, on the left, people are like, yeah, you, you know, the government is a regulatory body that should have like a ton of power and like you know, it should have a lot of ability to, uh, you know, regulate businesses. But not only regulate businesses, like if we need to make change in society, the government should do it. Um, and I don't know. I think that I disagree with you guys on this issue. I think that I am more of the mindset of like I think the government like a game of Monopoly which is a bad economic model to go right. off of because Monopoly is a bad model it's, nobody well, wants to Monopoly live in the game itself is Monopoly, about, Monopoly exactly. is literally a game about how bad capitalism is right and that's okay. exactly Excessive, right anyone who's lost Monopoly knows how much it sucks and how many fights my brother and I had when someone was losing Monopoly but it really sucks to lose do you think though that it's like, great to win I'm sure it's yeah, like, great I, to win. I think the role of the government is to to, like set the rules and then like let the people play in the space right and and I think that like when you, when the government becomes this thing that now is like in, in charge of like literally redistributing wealth like collecting the wealth and then like we trust the government to like redistribute we've that always wealth. done that though <laughs> 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, the, Always. The, I would argue that the government was the United States government. Its first role was to protect property rights, and that included slaves, land, other things like that. The government the government uses people's tax money historically prior to New Deal expansionism to protect rich people's property from poor people unionizing or revolting against them. They would the police would routinely shoot down union strikers to protect the factory owner stuff. And that is redistribution. They're taking from they're take they're allowing people to steal from poor people. Um I think a good and honestly if just a principle aside, if we're looking for how can we create the most good for the most people, which is what I think government should be trying to do, and that's not like an autocratic state, but allow pe every individual to flourish, then you are going to have some level of redistribution. You, like, you want to keep sure. your high, you want to keep the distance between your highest person, your lowest person within a some sort of reach, some sort of span. And the part of the reason you keep the high high is by having progressive taxation. Mm -hmm. But part of the reason you keep low low, you don't want people to be starving or impoverished or revolting is that you have some sort of level of minimal welfare state. But a vast majority of people are gonna be in between. But if people are gonna innovate and create more things for you if they're not worried about the next meal, or they're gonna be better workers or better students or better this, we can, we can, I think a good society by all metrics has education, housing, healthcare, they're attainable by the entirety of the population. And I agree with that, but I don't think... And also market regulation. I think the way to get there, though, I think I disagree about the methods on the way to get there. And I think once automation... I mean, once automation brings us to a utopic place where nobody has automation to work, it's a different... Is a fascinating it's a, mechanism because there's going right. to be a lot of productivity profit from automation. And there already has been. And we been. need to tax... I would argue we have to tax automation a lot. Right. Because automation is yeah. going to create a lot of economic gain for somebody who's so let me let me address what you were saying though because i don't yeah. want to be like oh yeah like i love capitalism and, yeah, yeah. and billionaires should have lots of money be as significant as as some people's who yeah. are like yeah uh, but no let me clarify my yeah. stance here i think that yeah. like the system that we live in is obviously broken like one person should not have the wealth of like you know the bottom like 99 percent of the world or whatever mm -hmm. i don't know what jeff ba i don't know how many people you have to add up he's to too compete. rich right he's too rich the system systematically failed. too rich it's a bad yeah. sign for society sorry free people don't have yeah. that no sorry. Keep, no no, no, keep going. You're good. Yeah. No, I keep going. So, like, but I think that, like, uh, so the rules that we set up, uh, I think, failed, right? I don't think the solution, in my eyes, is to change it to a thing where we now say, okay, great, we're going to throw out the game entirely. We're going to now restructure as, like, pretty much like a socialist type of a model where everybody yeah. gets a universal thing. I think it's more so, like, we need to actually enact the rules that we have um, so that, like, you know, hey, Bezos doesn't create a monopoly that, like, the you know, can control the world. World. Rules, what rules well, are you talking about? I don't know. Maybe just like a. I, again, I'm not the person that's going like to be like an effective tax policy. Exactly. Where like you can't shelter all your shit and like. Not so that's the thing, taxes. right? Is but people say, but but you know, people say that people who want to. There's a there's a car alarm going <laughs> okay. off. On no, it's moving though. It's yeah, somebody it's weird. Driving. <laughs> Somebody stole a car. Somebody <laughs> stole a car. No, so people, a lot of people like to argue that, well, this is just making more rules and this and that. Well, no. Our system is so complicated, and I think a big part of that is is people that have money and have power creating new rules to make things even more complicated so that they can do more to get out of doing what government is really yeah. there to do. Rules are so I think yeah. what, what we yeah. need to do is we need that reboot. So we need a better tax system that actually does 
properly tax it. I think that's an issue with technology, right? Is, you know, any, you know, technology changes how society works and it changes the game. Government is based on how society works. So government has to keep up with technology. So you saw this in the, in the industrial revolution and, you know, you had all those, all those barons, right? When the railroads came out where it's no longer, everybody's generating their own stuff. You've got one person who controls this technology that's generating all this wealth that is all being funneled up to the top. So I think that's where it becomes an issue. So it, we just, yeah, you're right. We, it, we do need to enforce our own rules. Yeah. But part of that needs to be the rules stripping need to away yeah. some of the crap that's gotten put in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with Herman, late Herman Cain, his tax code. Not, not, not intrinsically at those rates, but a tax code. It was a good federal income tax. It's like the tax code's like super thick. And it's intentionally thick. Yeah. Because the more complicated it is, the there's more there's intentional loopholes built in right. i would i would say we could easily make a tax code it's like two pages right um and everyone pays set rates that's progressive and you have yeah. no deductions right you can deduct nothing right you just, yeah. everyone has it you, you how much money it. did you make great you pay that yeah no and, and i think yeah. that's the best we way to go building credits like never yeah. happen i feel like and, oh and, it won't happen I mean, for two reasons one because rich people don't want right. it to happen mm-hmm. right and that's where the power dynamic is problematic in the and, country, and where their I voices think, are amplified more than everyone else's. And I think what it becomes is, you know, there needs we need to do things like, you know, I'm in favor of a wealth tax. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you own right, if your if your net worth is over a certain amount, right, and it could be a big number, right? Call it, you know, you twenty million or yeah. a, a billion, maybe whatever. You'll never have to worry, right? Like yeah. if it's at that point, then okay, if if you're if you're living in America, mm-hmm. right. You, you pay a percentage of, of that wealth you have over this set amount. So to get back to this population. Right. And it could be a small number. I'm not saying like 30%. Like even if it's like 1%, mm-hmm. right? Like a number that you're paying this tax, but you could easily beat that number in just basic interest if you're actually using your money. Yeah. That would be great. One but, last thing I'm going to yeah. give you a question. Um, so so one of the, I think one of my most like convincing like arguments that I've heard uh, against UBI um, is that like, okay, let's say that we do this. Let's say that Yang got elected 2020. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody gets a UBI. I think he, he suggested uh, $1,100 a month, right? Um, he's like, that'll cover, you know, a basic apartment and like any like needs that, you know, you'll yeah. be able to eat and live, right? Right. Um, says that, okay, great. Now 2024, right? Let's say there's a new candidate that says, okay, you know, it gives the all of the people in the country um, an economic incentive to vote for the guy that says, I'm going to increase the UBI. What's wrong um, with that? What's wrong with that? Yeah. Uh, eventually, the system has too many well, takers right now, and not enough well, makers. Right and now, what we're saying the system collapses is, and goes into anarchy. What we're <laughs> That's saying, what's wrong with that. Right, but like our <laughs> whole, our whole thing right now is... its own money. I, I, yeah. can't, I can't imagine this fantasy about limited wealth. Well, and right now, <laughs> our, our politicians are running on the platform of, think about those people you don't like. I'm going to treat you better than those people. Yes. How is that any worse or any better? What do you mean those people that you don't like? Well, I mean, think about it right now, you know. So right now, I feel like, you know, and I'll pick on the, the GOP, right, to start, and then I'll pick on the Democrats. So, like, the GOP is, you know, you know, well, you have to vote for us or else all those liberal snowflakes are going to ruin the country by making it socialist. And then, you know, on the Democrat side, they're saying more things like, well, if you don't vote for us, like, it's going to devolve into a, you know, we're we're gonna have slavery again. But people essentially. also pit so, demographics, old which, people you know, in particular, social security, old people versus young people. Right. They they're we're constantly pitting each other ourselves yeah. against each other. I, I think a UBI. I mean, it, I think you have to do it right. It can't just be like an executive order for UBI. It has to be done like a system like, like, by consensus. Like, yeah, like Congress needs to do it. So that way, it can't just be one person being like, "Well, I'm gonna do this." 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, now, if a party says, "Well, yeah, we're going to increase the universal basic income," fine, because what they'll do is they'll get in there and they'll either do it or they won't. And if they do, they're going to figure out how to pay for it. So figure it out. It's just like anything else. Um, and I think what we have now, though, you know, we talk about the takers versus the makers. Well, we're increasingly going towards a society where the makers have are going to be power. a yeah. tinier and tinier group because of things like technology and automation. But we're always going to have takers because humans have basic needs. I, don't, I resent the implication of makers and takers. Something about it yeah. that's off-putting to me yeah. because takers are not like twiddling their thumbs. Like right. takers are like cleaning toilets and like doing all or baking right. or paving roads or doing all the things that well, we need to do. Well, in that context, they would be considered makers, and though. The, and the takers, but like a right, vast majority. The takers being like the elderly. And like, Mitt Romney is 47, but like, I'm talking about the elderly, the children, yeah. people born with people with disabilities. Like, I mean, the vast majority of people that receive government benefits are working. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not like most of this, food you know, the, the myth of like the, the welfare queen, like that is like a super harmful myth. Mm-hmm. And I think that perpetuates the makers and takers, but most government benefits go towards people that are working, but they're being paid so little by their super wealthy boss that yeah. the government has to step Wal- in. So, so, like, so why are we doing this yeah. in a system where we're doing the same thing, but we're, we're stigmatizing the people that, that need that instead of stigmatizing yeah. the people that aren't paying their employees. Yeah, that's a great point. Because Walmart had yeah. the thing, they, they were the number one recipient. Their employees got more government aid than anyone else. And they're also the recipient of most people spending their right. food stamps. And they right. were benefiting on both sides. Right. And then, you know, That's people, insane. For the one family is not sympathetic. Right. The, the government. <laughs> and there would just be, I mean, even outside yeah. of the human aspect of it would be great if people could afford food and not to worry about it. I mean, think about everything else in society that would be better. I mean, crime. Crime. I think you'd see a massive drop in crime because a lot of crime is driven i mean i mean this is not all of it obviously but so many of the people that i worked with it's it comes out of desperation Mm -hmm. um so many people that get hooked on drugs they turn there because of desperation and so much of that is economic because we every like our, our worth as humans in so many circles is treated in, you know, in economic terms. Mm-hmm. So people are like, well, I can't get a job and I can't provide for my family. And, you know, the next thing I know I'm doing math and the hope thing. I think it matters yeah. that people think they can have a better future. Yeah. Like if they, if they, if you're born poor and have no hope of getting out of poverty, yeah. your life will degrade. Yeah. So like, I think UBI is great because it just gives people that breathing room. And I think that's what it needs to be. Like, I don't think it needs to be something where, you know, you can live, some you know people are thinking, well, we're going to have all list. these people just getting all this money and living high on the hot well let's not it will destroy lots happen. of things we have to control lots of other things because we do know yeah. if we give everyone eleven hundred dollars a month inflation's going to go up yeah all rents will right. go up you can control that and also with geographically the, the encourage people to move other right. places like you could repopulate Detroit with UBI or any of these oh, other yeah. places that to even out housing you have to you have, you'll have to be coupled with like a lot of other policies I, yeah. I I'm interested to see how it plays out I'm I'm honestly scared because I know that I'm fairly young and I feel like by the time I'm like in my 60s like we're gonna have run this really really huge the biggest experiment that humanity has ever done or not that's not true but like a giant experiment would like wait till AI arrives yeah and <laughs> yeah. that's another terrifying thing and like you know I mean as soon as you get AI like your online banking isn't safe and like, everybody's done like, so at a certain point we have to start treating people like people or we're all gonna wind up like batteries in the matrix <laughs> the hopeful that's side is Lance does make me watch Star Trek occasionally yeah and in Star Trek they figured it, it out they figured it out they yeah, nailed replicators. it after whatever yeah. terrible war 
war occurred before. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Good stuff. Guys, thanks so much for watching this episode of Let's Talk About Death and Taxes. I did. I bet you didn't think we were going to start talking about Star Trek and replicators, huh? <laughs> um, guys, if you enjoyed this, let us know. Post a comment. It would be great if you could like it. And, hey, if you could share this with the people that you are connected to, that would be fantastic. Um, hey, we just created a PDF. James, talk about the PDF a little uh, bit. Sure. It's called The Three Biggest Mistakes to Avoid When Planning Your Estate. And it is a primer for people that are thinking that maybe they need to do something about their estate planning. Uh, if you like ostriches, you're going to love this PDF. Mm -hmm. It's ostrich heavy. Um, <laughs> we talk about ostriches. And, and that was on purpose. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, guys, if you have any questions that you'd like us to talk about on the show, email us at questions at letstalkaboutdeathandtaxes.com. Um, also, if you would like to work with us and uh, maybe potentially have us do your estate plan, uh, info at scriberlaw.com. Um, and hey, give us a call anytime, day or night, 404-939-7562. If you need actual legal advice, that's where to get it. Guys, thanks.